spoke to us. And I have full confidence in this, this man. And I believe that God will use him tonight before service. The ministry laid hands on him and asked God to anoint him and to give him wisdom and let him be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And I believe that God will do so tonight. Brother Gilliam, come, preach to us whatever the Lord's laid on your heart. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Can you magnify Jesus Christ right now all over the sanctuary? Can you magnify the Lord Jesus tonight? Can you give God all your praise right now all over the building? Hallelujah. 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 It's okay. Let's be apostolic for just a couple more minutes. That's all right. Hallelujah. Lord, we magnify you. God, we praise your holy name. None like you, Lord, not in all the heavens, not in all the earth. In fact, the earth is full of your glory. The heaven is your throne. The earth is your footstool. And Jesus here in Weeches tonight, we magnify, we lift up, and we exalt your name. Can you give God a shout of praise? Psalmist said, shout out to God with a voice of triumph. That means if you've been victorious, why don't you shout about it? If God saved your soul, why don't you say so? If God ever delivered you, why don't you begin to lift him up right now? Hallelujah. If he heals your body, you got a reason to praise him. Amen, amen, and amen. My, 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 my. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. Jesus is in this house. Jesus is in the house. And where he is, anything is possible. Because if the Lord's in it, there is no limit. And nothing is impossible with him. No, no, that means that nothing, that nothing, no being, no thing is not possible with God. So if God's in it, something has to happen because no thing is impossible with him. Do you believe that? Amen, amen. Listen, I feel a preach in my soul. I've, I've just, I've determined, I think everyone in Weeches can preach. My God, have mercy. I just think everyone here, I, just anyone can get behind this pulpit. And, good Lord, have mercy. Help us, Jesus. Proverbs chapter number 30. Proverbs chapter number 30. While you turn there, I want to honor your man of God. Pastor Motes, love you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, would you pray with your pastor right now? Father, we need you. Oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Will you lift your voice? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you break the back of the enemy. I pray, Jesus, you bind the strong man. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's do a little bit more of that right there. Let's do a little bit more of that right there. If you can pray, I need your praying. 
We come against every force of darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. We come against every feeling and thought of unbelief. We are taking those captive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name. Would you stretch your hand towards your pastor right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus talks about a strong man in a house that no man can go spoil him lest first the strong man's bound and friends there's one greater here than the strong man of this area because the devil would love to hold everything back that God has for him. but there's somebody here stronger than what the enemy has there's something here stronger amen if you know how to pray I need you to pray one more time holy God we need you holy God we need you Holy God, we need you. Holy God, we need you. We come against the strong men of this area in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are defeated. Your kingdom is coming down. Father, I pray that your kingdom would rise in this building, oh God. Jesus, I pray that you would arise and that your enemies would be scattered. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. You believe God has something for you tonight? Oh, y'all are scaring me. You believe? Listen. All right, hold on a second. Hold on. We're going to time out. We're going to pause. I haven't started my timer yet, but once I do, give me 30 minutes. I haven't started it yet, though. Several, several months ago, I was a part of a promotional video. Pastor Motes, I got up early, got dressed to go look like I was fixing to go play golf. Went out there, shot the promo video, never played a round of golf. I got ready, though. Never experienced it. Listen, you already showed up. You already got ready to come to church. Why don't we experience then what God has for us? You already, you already made the plans to be here. You already drove here. So why don't you get everything that God has for you in this service. And friends, he has something for everybody here in the house. And somebody shout amen. Amen, 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 amen. Proverbs chapter 30. I honor your man of God. 
the work he's doing here in Weeches. I pray for Sister Motes that God would touch her body and raise her up. Amen. I believe that in Jesus' name. Proverbs 30, I give honor to my, my beautiful kids. Bentley, Audra, I love you. I'm so glad they came with me. Amen. And my wife, my beautiful wife, was supposed to be in attendance with me, but felt like she needed to stay back at Eastview, so she's there holding the fort down. And I know God has blessed them. Proverbs chapter 30. Now, turn to your neighbor. I want you to look them, look them straight in the eyes. Look them straight in the eyes. Tell them he's going to go somewhere tonight. All right, tell him again. He's going to go somewhere tonight. All right, so don't get scared when I start preaching, okay? Proverbs chapter 30, verse 15. The leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four that never say enough. Verse 16, the grave, the barren womb, land which is never satisfied with water, and fire which never says enough. Never says enough. This evening I'm going to preach, and I do believe that God has given me this word for you now. It's not enough. It's not enough. Enough, Lord Jesus, we come before you right now with thanksgiving in our souls. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would touch every single heart, every life, and every mind. I pray the power of the Holy Ghost would thunder over every soul. Jesus, if we've needed your anointing, God, we need it tonight. Lord, if we've needed the power of God to fall, we need it now. I pray the glory of God would shine over every heart in this building. And I pray, Jesus, you would baptize every single soul afresh and anew in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to say he's going to preach to me. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to single anyone out. I'm preaching to the entire body tonight. So find yourself in the message. Now, hold on. Before you sit down, you can be seated here in a second. Here's what I found in life. You will get out what you put in. So if you put nothing in the next little bit, you will get nothing out. But if you come expecting here in the next 30 minutes that God is going to do the miraculous in your life, that is exactly what is going to happen. So you're going to get in what you put out. If you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, meaning you have never spoken with tongues as God has miraculously filled you, tonight, if you'll believe it, tonight will be your night. But you got to say, God, I want it, and I'm ready. All right, amen. Amen, amen, amen. It's not enough. God bless you. Be seated. I promise you, just if you'll stay with me, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to lay a little foundation, all right? All right, so don't get, don't get worried. There is an eccentric adventurer named Harry. He walked into Sydney, Australia, 1931. He cornered three businessmen and told them a fantastic tale that had them so fired up in their imagination, it never occurred to them that this man might be unbalanced, dreaming, or just a liar. 
He stated as a lone prospector in a barren country some 30 years prior, he had discovered a chain of rocks that he was certain contained $5 billion worth of gold. Believing him, the organizers, the men promoted and organized an expedition led by Harry to set out to claim this fabulous sum. And as he failed to find it at their search, as their search lasted month after month, the leaders ordered the parties to return home because they realized that the story only existed in the man's mind. And though, although Harry partially admitted he stayed out there still searching and eventually died of thirst, though there was much publicity given to the expedition within a few years. Now, it was false, but within a few years, 10 other expeditions went out and searched for this massive amount of gold, all ending in them being lost and costing the Australian government $2 million in rescue missions. All of this because of unending greed. Stay with me. I'm going to go somewhere, okay? Greed really is a terrible thing. People who are greedy are always wanting more and more and more. Their focus is on excess. How can I make just one more dollar? The obvious issue with greed and danger is it causes us to take our focus off of God and off of what is important and then place it on something that they desire themselves. Greed is obviously destructive and disastrous. We all know somebody whose marriage or family has been destroyed by greed. It's crumbled nations. It's crumbled towns. The issue with greed is that greed is never satisfied. And that's what the proverb, our opening text, was talking about. It's the greedy are never satisfied. It's excessive or it's reprehensible desire to acquire. Biblically, we know the greed of Eli's sons for the best part of the sacrifice disqualified them. We know Hosea condemned priests for seeking the people's iniquity offering. That's the sin offering. We know Eve, though in a perfect environment, still chose to see and look at something that was what God said was forbidden. You know the story of Gehazi who was struck with Naaman's leprosy because of greed. You know, David took Bathsheba because of greed. Jesus warns against all types of greed. Again, stay with me. I am going somewhere. Luke 12, 15 says, Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Paul let us know the standard for Christian ministry gave no justification for greed. 1 Thessalonians 2.5 For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witnessing. 1 Timothy 3.3 says, Not given to wine, nor striker, nor greedy of filthy lucre, but patient. Not a brawler, not covetousness. If you could turn me up just a little bit here on the monitor. Greed in the New Testament was a mark of paganism. Yeah. 
It was a mark of the pagan way of life, Ephesians 4.19. They became callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, to greedy practice, every, or to, excuse me, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Now, I bet y'all are trying to figure out where in the world is he going with this. Just, if you just buckle up, we're going on a journey. It's a roller coaster ride. Greed is a desire for riches that bring ruin and destruction. First Timothy says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all. Now this is not what I'm preaching about so y'all don't misunderstand me, but if you have allowed the love of money to pull you away from the house of God. It's time for you to do something different so you don't fall in love with the things of this world. But rather you fall in love with God with his word and with his house. So for the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Christians are warned not to trust in wealth. 1 Timothy 6 and some of y'all are saying praise God because I don't got much of it anyways. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. You see, covetousness or wanting more, the New Testament lets us know is idolatry. Ephesians 5, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure and who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. The principle to remember is this, Hebrews 13, 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You see, in our text, the leeches are a graphic depiction of the attitude of greed. You may not know this, but a leech will suck blood from both ends of its body. That's why the proverb said it has two daughters, and they both say, give, give. See, the leech is never satisfied. It's always wanting just a little bit more. See, I came across the very fascinating definition of greed. It can be defined as this, an excessive desire for more of something. Can I tell you there is one type of greed that God doesn't mind where you get so consumed with more and more and more of him that you're not satisfied with where you are today. You're not satisfied with what God did on Wednesday. No, hear me preach now. I wonder is there anyone in the building that you're thankful for what God did on Wednesday and last Sunday but you came Sunday night to weeches saying God I have got to get just a little it's more I'm not satisfied with where I've come but God I'm desperate God I'm hungry for just a little bit more you see some of you God baptized you with the Holy Ghost years ago and yet you're still here saying God would you feel me one more service God would you anoint me one more 
And if that's your attitude tonight, there is no telling what God is going to do in your life if you'll get deep down in your soul. If you'll say, God, I came to Weeches on a Sunday night not satisfied with where I am, but I've got to go deeper. I've got to go deeper. God, I need just a little bit more. God, I need just a little bit more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. And dare I tell the church tonight that there is one thing that will attract God to your life more than anything else, and it's desire for just a little bit more. You see, friends, you're going to get out what you put in. And if you'll say, God, would you give me a little bit more? He's saying, I will. God, would you give me just a little bit more? He said, I will. You see, the woman in the Old Testament, the prophet shows up and she says, he says, what do you have? The collectors are come. And she says, all I have is a little pot of oil. He says, you go find all that emptiness and you start pouring. And the only way the oil stopped when there wasn't enough emptiness to fill it. Friends, no matter what you're dealing with today and no matter how full or empty you came, there is nothing that will stop the flow of God in your life unless you say, God, I've had enough. But if you'll approach God and say, Lord, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. God's willing to do it in your life. So the proverb, I'm going to preach very strong for the next little bit, but I need you please to hear me open your ears and open your heart. The proverb gives us four. Now, again, this is specifically talking about greed, but there is an application that can be applied to our lives tonight. The proverb says, if you got that verse for me, put it up there again. Proverbs 30, verse 16. It gives four things. Watch. Read this with me. It's the very first one. He says the grave. Never said it's enough. You see, Proverbs 27, 20 says, Hell and destruction are never full. You see, hell tonight is referring to the place of the dead. And destruction speaks of the realm of eternal damnation. The truth to lay hold of here tonight is that hell is a real place. And hell is never full. And it's never satisfied. But it's always craving one more soul. You see, if you believe heaven is real, then you have to believe that hell is real. And if hell is real, it is a place you do not want to go. You see, has anyone heard of Desmond Doss? No, excellent. Desmond Doss was a conscientious objector. And maybe you know the story of the, uh, the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge and Desmond Doss. And you may know the story now, right? He's a conscientious objector. He's a medic. And, and there's a bunch of wounded people all over the battlefield. And he goes, and he's getting these men. And he's lowering them down the side of this ridge with a rope. And you know his prayer. His prayer is just, God, help me get one more. Yeah. Here's the sad reality of it, though. That's the exact same statement the enemy, the enemy of your soul is saying. I wonder if I can get just one more in weeches to call it a day. I wonder if there's just one more of you that would say, I've had it and I've had enough friends. The Bible lets us know that hell enlarges his 
borders daily. That means hell is constantly growing as souls are sucked through the fiery gates. Friends, let me tell you that hell is a real place and it's a place you don't want to go. Uh, hear me preach now. If I, if I was not right with God and I was sitting in this house tonight, there would be nothing that would peel me off of this altar until I got my soul right with Jesus Christ because hell is hot and it's very, very real. You see, the, uh, I'm going I'm to press up against what I'm feeling. You see, the enemy of your soul would like nothing more than to make you a trophy of hell. He would like nothing more than for you to be a plaque on his wall saying, look, boys, I got another one. Look, boys, I got another one. Look, boys, I got another one, friends. I don't know about you, but I refuse to be a casualty to the gates of hell. But rather, I'm going to approach God with everything withholding nothing and there are some here tonight you know what I'm talking about you're not right with God and you know you're not and God here today he's simply calling you it's the mercy of God hear me it is the mercy of God that you're here tonight it's God's mercy that drew you back to this church one more time and I pray you'd hear me preach right now that hell is not designed for you hell was designed for the, for the devil and the fallen angels but friends those who turn their back on God. They're not staying with him in eternity. There's only one other place you can go. It's either heaven or it's hell and hell is not worth it. You see hell, hell translated from the Greek is Gehenna which means the Valley of Hinnom. In essence, the Valley of Hinnom, it was in the Old Testament, it was a place of child sacrifice. In the New Testament, it was Jerusalem's garbage dump. They would throw all their rubbish and they would throw dead bodies of criminals and they would light it on fire constantly. So when Jesus said that hell is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, he says, you go look at the Valley of Hinnom and you'll know exactly what hell is going to be like. It's a place that the worm does Die. It's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, friends, there would be dogs that would be fighting over the dead corpses and they would snarl and they would fight each other. And it's a place where the worm wouldn't die as it was consuming corpses. So Jesus is saying, if you want to know what torment looks like, you go look at the valley of Hinnom. And you're going to see exactly what hell looks like. And can I tell the body of Christ today that while you tarry, there's something in someone else that is reaping. The enemy of our soul is busy at work as hundreds of millions of people cross through the fiery gates day after day. God help me preach. Jesus. You see, hell, hell never retreats. Hell has never said, that's enough souls. You see, friends, if hell enlarges its borders daily, that's why in the book of Acts, it lets us know that God added to the church weekly. 
God God adds to the church on Sundays. Oh, no, no, God, only on a Wednesday does somebody get filled. No, friends, if hell is busy at work enlarging its coast, the church of the living God should be busy daily saying, I snatched another one. I snatched another one. I snatched another one, friends. That should be your attitude. That should be the church's attitude to add to it You see, hell is never satisfied. And you hear me now. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Everyone look at me in the eyes, look at me. Hell will not be satisfied until you walk through the burning gates. Friends, I'm thankful to God that you're in this building tonight because it's God's mercy that is reaching one more time. And I'm not trying to preach super heavy, but it's coming across this way. But it's God's mercy that has you here tonight because you don't know what tomorrow holds. I wish you could understand there are so many people that sit back and say well I'll try tomorrow you know what if they have revival next Sunday brother Wells I'll try then if they'll just if they can just have that that, that service maybe tomorrow night I'll give it to God no friends hell is a very real place and it is God's mercy that pulled you here tonight so if you're not right with God and you know you're not here in just a little bit I'm going to give you an opportunity to approach the altar of God come with a repentant heart saying God thank you for your mercy I want to grab a hold of the horns of this altar and not let go until something breaks inside of me lift your voice with me right now church Jesus I pray there'd be another soul that would be snatched out of the gates of hell tonight I pray that there would be another life that would be baptized in your name and filled with your spirit. I pray, God, that the church would combat that strong man right there. I need the power of God to fall. Would you Would you, Would you? you tap into that right there? Hey, God, I come against the strong man. I come against the lie that says we have one more day. I come against that in the name of Jesus. But Lord God, I pray that you would, you would baptize this sanctuary with urgency in the house in the name of Jesus. Oh God! You hear me right now, and I'm going to speak this word. It is God's desire that we just not grow weakly, but it is God's desire that we just grow daily. It's God's desire not just for individuals, but for entire families and entire communities to receive the word of God. If you would believe that, slip your hand in the air right now. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you'd perform this word. I pray, God, you'd perform this word in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, I wish that somebody grab a hold of that because you're the fulfillment of that word. It's going to happen through you. It's going to happen through your hands. Here's what Jesus said. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Here's what Jesus said. He said, don't pray for the harvest. Look around you, weeches. Look around you. The harvest is ready. He said, don't pray for the harvest. It's here. He said, pray for laborers. Pray for laborers. Friends, if you want to be that word that I just proclaimed to this church, it's going to take you getting your hands dirty and getting your hands on the plow and saying, God, I'm going to plow this road. I'm going to plow this house. I expect there to be a harvest as a result of what I'm doing because I'm not satisfied with where I've been, but I've got to have just a little bit more. In the name of Jesus. I, 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 I just preach to the center. Now let me preach to the church. Just throw Proverbs 6 or 30, 16 up there for me again. Throw it up there real quick, real quick. Throw it up there for me. The second thing it says, verse 16, the barren womb will never say it's enough. This may sound odd to some of you as a male who's never experienced, never suffered with desiring children and have not had the ability to have them. But I understand that what happens with women and an inability to bear children often ends in endless torment, heartbreak, hurt, emptiness, and despair. I want you to consider with me the desperation of Sarah and Rachel and Hannah in the Old Testament. Nothing could satisfy the childless woman's craving for a baby. Genesis 30 verse 1 says, When Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children, lest I die. Give me children lest I die. First Samuel 1.13 tells us of Hannah's desire to have something born. The Bible says, now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard to the point Eli thought she was drunk. Hannah, Hannah and Rachel are a sign, a picture of unashamed desire. It didn't matter what it looked like. They had to have something being born in their life. You 
you see Hannah and Rachel's cry is the cry of the church that we are not satisfied until we are birthing children in the spirit. I wish to God somebody would grab a hold of this. That your desire is saying, God, I am not satisfied until there's another born and another born and another born. Meaning we're not satisfied with barrenness. God, we're not satisfied until service after service, somebody is baptized and somebody received the Holy Ghost. I wish you could get a Rachel spirit that says, God, give me children in the spirit lest I die. I am a firm believer. Please hear me for just a second. I am a firm believer that it would be a lot easier for those today who are backslidden or who are not right with God to make their way to an altar if the church would get that spirit deep inside of them that says, God, we are not satisfied until somebody else is born again of water and spirit. God, we're not satisfied with barrenness, but Jesus, we need something to be born in this building. Isaiah 66, 8. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be brought forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as Zion travailed? She brought forth her children. You see, friends, there is one thing that I've found in all my years of preaching that if there is a church that would get deep down in their soul and say one's not enough, two's not enough, this Sunday's not enough, but I've got to have one more person repenting in this altar and one more life being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is no telling what God will do if you'll get that deep down in your soul. I wonder if there's a church mother or a church father where you would say, God, we're not satisfied, but we need another one. God, we need another one. God, we need another one. Would you lift your voice right now and pray? Would you lift your voice right now and pray? There could be sons and daughters born in the kingdom of God. If the church would begin to travail, there is no telling the atmosphere that will be shifted in this place. If you would lift your voice, if you know how to pray in the spirit, would you do so? There's no telling what God will do in you and through you tonight, reaches you, PC. There's no telling what I 
That's what your pastor was doing before I started preaching. He was fighting hell and saying, God, we need some more. Come on, church, right there. Would you tap into that spirit? Would you tap into that right there? Would you begin to travail? There it is right there. There it is right there. There it is right there in the name of Jesus. There it is right there. Don't stop now. Don't stop there. There it is. Press. Press right there in the name of Jesus. Press right there in the name of Jesus. God, we know that hell isn't satisfied, but Jesus, the church, is declaring to you that we're not satisfied. Give us children lest we die. Give us children lest we die. Hayasataya la bayasataye.